This is an Itch Your Break production, so sit back and take a break. Welcome to Itch Your Break. Hi, I'm Jonathan Mertz, and today's guest knows a lot about transformation and the struggles of life. As a matter of fact, as a young woman, she found herself homeless, pregnant, and forced to live in her car. But she found it enlightened. So she took it and ran with it. She is a cognitive behavioral expert. What does that mean? Basically, she's a transformation expert. And we'll speak to her next here on It's Your Break. Subscribe to the It's Your Break podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to It's Your Break. Hi, I'm Jonathan Mertz, and today I am glad to have on the show Allison Roberts, who is a transformation expert. And she is going to go over how the brain works and how you can transform yourself. And she's on the show with me right now. Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So for those that don't know that Allison is a transformation expert. And before you took the, that path and, and got onto that avenue, you had a lot of things happen to you early on in your life. Like you were even homeless living out of your car. I mean, how did that happen? So I was engaged to be married and seven weeks before our wedding. Um, I mean, I don't know if guys, when they hear that, they may not understand how, uh, how profound it is to be seven weeks away from your wedding. But when you're seven weeks away, you've got like, the invitations have been sent out and you've had wedding showers and dresses and bridesmaids and people making travel arrangements and all that stuff. And so I filled a pregnancy test and I told my fiance, um, he was over the moon happy. Um, and then we told his parents and his dad, um, pulled me aside and gave me a check and told me that I needed to have an abortion, that his son wasn't going to marry a whore, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I went to the clinic and um, I couldn't go through with it. And, you know, and and people think that it's from a pro-life thing. It's not at all. It's just I'm totally pro-choice. I just, um, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't go through with it. Right. So I went home, um, I, I didn't um, tell my fiance the truth. And then um, a week later I was vomiting in the bathroom and he came in and he was rubbing my back and he's like, we're gonna figure something out, it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. I'll talk to my dad. And so he talked to his dad, I guess. And I got home from college classes that afternoon or that night rather and um, they had changed the locks on the house and I couldn't get in that's so sad it, it it's horrible why, why did he have this these feelings toward you do you even know to this day yeah he actually found me on Facebook about 10 years ago um, 
and apologized to me, but he said that he was so afraid of his parents then. I mean, I was 19, he was 24. So he was a man, but not a man, you know? Right. Um, and it's really sad, Jonathan, because he, he ended up being, um, he's an alcoholic and mm. it's like severe alcoholism because of all of that. Um, so that night I called my mother, my mom's mentally ill. Um, and it was the last place in the world I wanted to go, but it was the only place I had to go. So I called her from a payphone, um, told her I was coming home. She wasn't thrilled. Um, so she figured out that I was pregnant about, um, nine or 10 weeks after that. And she threw me out. Mm. Um, I came, it was the exact same situation. I came home from school and she had changed the locks on the door and I couldn't get in the house. And I sat in the driveway, um, in my little Volkswagen Beetle. And I was like, you know, God, I mean, I, I can't go through with this, you know, abortion and I don't really understand what's going on. Um, and I just heard a very clear voice that just said, you know, trust me. So I drove back to campus and I was living um, out of the backseat of my car while I was going to school. And that's, that's what happened with that thing. <laughs> that's how I ended up living in my car. Wow. And now for those that don't know, if you go to allisonroberts.com, it's Allison with a Y, and, and read her story on there, you, you will see that she puts this in the forefront, that, that the, her being homeless is, is a big part of her life because there's a turning point where you found inspiration through Napoleon Hill, who I have never heard of before. And, and you say that his philosophies changed your life. How so? So I was going to college at the time, and one of our reading assignments was Think and Grow Rich. Um, which Napoleon Hill wrote. Um, he's an American author. He was actually born in 1883. You can imagine that. Um, and, he, you know, he was way ahead of his time. Um, a lot of people don't know that he actually coined the phrase, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve. And that was the starting point of everything in my life. Um, I believed that, I lived by it. Um, when I was in the backseat of the car, I just kept visualizing, um, it was in the dead of winter, and I just kept visualizing a warm bed, a warm house, people who cared about me, people who cared about my child I was carrying, um, getting prenatal care, because I wasn't getting any prenatal care, um, eating, because I was starving. Um, and I literally was rescued from my car and that is, that's, it changed my life. It changed everything. And so you, 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 you decide at that point, I guess, to get into being a life coach in, 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 a, in a manner of speaking, which is much more than just a life coach, right? Yeah, I'm a cognitive behavioral um, expert. And so what that means is that, you know, what you, um, what you think becomes a belief and we make decisions from what we believe. Like if you believe that raw meat is bad, you're not gonna eat it. You know, if you believe that you should brush your teeth twice a day, every day, then you're gonna brush your teeth. And when I put, I put it in simple terms like that because people 
think that those are just things that they do, but you do those things because you believe in the outcome of those things. And so, um, you know, I have been studying Napoleon Hill. I'm 55 years old. I've been studying Napoleon Hill since I was 19. And I did step away from it for a little while um, in my 30s, just because I was going through a lot. But I, I picked it right back up again when I was going through a lot and and thought, you know, this is, it never fails. I mean, that's the thing about mindset work is that when you work, when you do the work, um, cognitive behavioral therapy is, is what keeps a lot of people sane and keeps a lot of people on the path. It's what Alcoholics Anonymous is based on. It's what um, a lot of, you know, mental recovery from PTSD and all of that. So, you know, it's a real modality and it, it, it works very, very well. I've actually seen people go through AA and NA personally, and, and I've seen a lot of them fail, but I've seen the ones who to take hold of the message and it actually did change their lives. So I know exactly where you're, where you're coming from on that. Um, that is very, very interesting. And you've, you've actually got a lot of clout behind you in, in what you're done. I mean, you become, you know, famous in, in, in multitude of areas. And one of the things that I thought was really, really cool is that you became one of the top 100 coaches in the world. I mean, not just yeah. in the United States, in the world. And, and that is a really cool honor. How did you get that honor? I was blown away, Jonathan. So um, you don't know that you're even being looked at for that. So um, they have a, an entire committee um, that just watches you, basically. Um, and so last year, um, I was on over um, 50 podcasts. Um, even though it was a pandemic, I was still doing live events, not in person live, but virtually live. Just want to confirm that. Um, and um, I've coached, I coached last year alone um, over 500 people. And so they look at numbers, they look at results, they look at testimonials. Um, they, you know, obviously they do a background check on you to make sure that you are who, who you say you are. But at the very end of the year last year, um, I got a letter, uh, an email stating that they um, had reviewed all of my work and that they chose me in the top. I was number 75. Uh, wow. And I'll take it. I'll take it. I would have taken a hundred. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it is the top 100 out of the entire world. We're, we're talking about billions of people on this earth. So that is really, really cool. Um, how many people are typically in your profession, as, whether it's a life coach or, or even the, uh, the, the exact field that you're in being a cognitive specialist? I almost didn't say that right. Um, as far as the cognitive part goes, I would say that there's probably about 4 million. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't realize it was that big of a field. Um, cause you know, looking over everything that you've done, you know, use your training to overcome trauma, which obviously you used on yourself. Uh, as we talked about childhood, childhood issues, self-worth, these are things that many of us face, you know, e even if it's on a small scale, 
we we face things you know self doubt you know there's pity up you know we we inflict on ourselves there's you know within your own households there's family members that says I really don't think that's a good idea even though it's your goal to accomplish and we we're always getting these kind of negative vibes from people even if it's not truly intentional. Um, What's the best piece of advice you have for somebody that, you know, just dealing with the day-to-day stresses on, on something they can do for themselves to make sure that they keep pushing forward? Um, so a lot of people don't understand that we are programmed with shame and guilt from tribal days, from caveman days. Um, and the reason that our reptilian, our lower brain developed shame and guilt was to keep us all together, believe it or not, because any, any time uh, a tribe lost a member, they were that much weaker. So they kept shame and guilt as a manipulative force to keep tribal members together. And so, you know, a lot of times when I'm working with people, they'll say, Allison, I just don't want my reptilian brain anymore. Can't I just get rid of it? I don't want it. And I'm like, yeah, you do want it because it's it's keeping your lungs functioning it's keeping your kidneys functioning and your heart and your blood pumping and all those things but the reptilian brain has three main jobs the first one is to keep you alive the second one is to avoid pain and the third one is to seek pleasure so if you go back to caveman days right keep us alive keep the race going avoid pain because you know you can't be hurt and be a full member of the tribe. And of course, seeking pleasure is the sexual aspect. So we have to expand the race and keep people coming into the world. Huh. So we have those components going on. And when people are struggling, they don't realize that the struggle is coming from that primitive brain. It's coming from there. And so the more people can realize that we have a conscious brain where we make now choices and a subconscious brain, most people live in their subconscious, Jonathan. That's just interesting. Yeah. And, and, and you, you brought up the, the fact the reptilian brain, because that was one of the things I was going to bring up that you had highlighted on, on your, on your website. And there's a lot of people that don't believe that we even have anything similar to reptiles. So explain how the reptilian brain is, is, is classified as into, I guess, the human anatomy other than just the being the area. How do they call it? Why do they call it the reptilian brain versus like a caveman brain? Do you know that? Yeah. So we call it reptilian because all reptiles like snakes, alligators, um, lizards, chameleons, all, all reptiles, they operate on in survival mode all the time and they're all of their actions are reactive so a chameleon gets on a a brown cabinet even if it's not in danger the chameleon will turn brown to blend in hmm. it's on a blue car even if it's not in danger it turns blue to blend in so the reason we call it reptilian is because it's it's the most primitive um living creature um and so it's not reptilian as in like, you know, um, alien creatures or anything like that. It's reptilian as in like snake, lizard, 
Um, those creatures are purely acting in survival. They eat when they're hungry. Um, they, they swim to get to the other side of the river. Like they're not doing anything out of <laughs> entertainment or pleasure or to increase their intelligence, if that makes sense. Right. Huh. That was interesting. Cause I wanted to ask about that. Cause that's very, very fascinating because I like to watch ancient aliens. So that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted, I wanted to bring that up. It's one of my favorite shows. Cause I like seeing how, how everything is, you know, corresponding and even with, with ancient yeah. times that, that they think how things interact, even though, even now we still don't know how our existence truly came to be. Um, right. when it comes to whether, what sp type of spirituality you're in or, or if you're doing, you know, the, the, the evolutionary standards. So, you know, I don't know, it, you know, it, it, it's, 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 we don't have the exact answers. We know we're here, we know we're conscious and, and, and we can move forward from there. And one of the things that, that people tend to do, uh, even with our conscious brains, is kind of like what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm almost in a stuck phase of thinking what I'm going to get out next. We kind of get stuck in, in our thoughts and in our processes. And we get stuck in life on, on how we want to live our lives. I mean, I'm at 41 going on 42. So in some, there's so many things I want to do still, even in a career standpoint, that I haven't done yet. And push myself mm -hmm. being forward, you know, push myself forward and, and going forward. Um, how do we get around those kind of hurdles in our own lives? So there is a tool that is called a thought model. And it's, you know, you and I don't have hours and hours to sit here and talk about right. it. But a thought model basically is this. So... There's an outside circumstance that is neutral. So in other words, there's a car accident. Let's say that you're walking down the street and you see a fender bender. You're gonna have, the very first thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna have a whole lot of thoughts about that fender bender, a whole lot. Then you're gonna feel something about that fender bender. And then you're gonna act on how you're feeling and thinking. And then there's gonna be a result. So let's say, Jonathan, that you're like, I don't, there's so many things I want to do. I don't know how to get there. Um, so the very first thing I would say to you is, well, what result do you want? What do you want? What do you want to do? Maybe you're like, I want to own a broadcasting company. So we're like, okay, I would say, well, how does that make you feel? You'd be like, that makes me feel amazing. Like, okay, what's a thought that's connected to that? And it's like, well, I know what I'm doing. I mean, I, I can do this. Then it's like, all right. So then thinking from that place, you're going to get what I call inspired action. You're going to get action that is going to move you in the direction that you want to go, especially if you commit to visualizing the ownership of that broadcasting company. If you wake up every day and you just spend five minutes in the shower, you know, you're scrubbing your body with soap and you're just like, wow, I, you know, I can see it. I can feel it. I'm there. It's like, so, it's so amazing. It's so wonderful. Um, and, and what people, especially now, I mean, like, I, I feel like we're so, the world is becoming so together and so divided all at the same time, but you're talking about like, we don't know where the world came from. We don't know if it's evolution or God or whatever. I'm saying, why does it have to be one or the other? Mm-hmm. You know, um, why can't it just be all of it? So 
the reason I'm saying that is because when you're in the shower and you're visualizing this, it's like the universe wants you to just visual, like, don't stop. Like it wants you to just visualize like how many employees you're going to have and what your tax bill is going to be every quarter, like everything. And then from that place, I promise you inspired action comes. And when you do the inspired action, you get the result that you want. And it's not woo-woo. I mean, a lot of people think, oh yeah, right, Allison, this is, but it's not, it's, I promise you it's not. It's our brain is so powerful, Jonathan. We are only using a tiny piece of our brains as oh, it is. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, if you could look at history, we still can't figure out how the Egyptians made the pyramids. We know what they used as a material, right. but we don't know the tools. We don't know the exact methods. We have, we have our modern tools to try to mimic we still can't, and in some cases, get the perfection that they're getting. I mean, one of the other things that always blows my mind is the crystal skulls that I actually found. They found th 13 of them, and yeah. they are so perfect. It is unreal. I mean, to get that, yeah. and they're thousands of years old. So, you know, it, 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 it blows my mind away, literally. And I love thinking about that. I love thinking. I love visualizing. Um, and it's why I find what you do so fascinating. And why don't we tell people where they can go to get in contact with you or maybe even get more information about what you do? Yeah, so the best way to reach me um, is through my website. It's the best way. Um, it's, or they can email me at allison at allisonroberts.com. Um, I also have a Facebook group that's called Outrageous Results. Um, where It's so active. There's so much support and love and um, inspiration and I get on there every Tuesday at 2 um, p.m. Eastern Standard Time and teach live so you you know if they join the group they're gonna get more and more and more of this on a weekly basis we have a lot of fun it's fun oh that's awesome if there's one piece of advice you can give us before you go what would that be I would say the one piece of advice is um, to heal your shame and guilt as much as you possibly can just to um, don't run from it, don't try to fight it, just to embrace it and find um, a person, if it's not me, um, someone else to help you get to the bottom of why you are struggling with shame and guilt and get rid of it or heal it to the best that, you know, we were always gonna have a little bit, but heal the, the part of shame and guilt that's holding you back. It's good advice. It's really good advice. Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show and I love having you and hopefully I get to have you again soon. I would love it.